Hey folks, this is John, episode 117, called All the Feels, was recorded before Robin Williams's untimely, tragic death. So we don't address that in the conversation, and it's something we certainly would talk about, because I know between the three of us, we, we have some pretty strong favorites and some strong feelings about uh, Robin Williams's work. So we will be addressing him and his legacy the next time we are all seated around the schmovie table together. So it won't be very timely, but it will still be heartfelt. For now, by way of providing context, I probably should say this episode begins when Steve was reacting to something he drank. Uh, he had asked for a beverage, and I uh, opened my heart and reached into my fridge, and I got him a, a can of Lacroix sparkling water. It's uh, lemon-flavored, I think. And uh, Steve uh, did not like it. <laughs> so, enjoy that. Here's Movie Schmovie, episode 117. What are you feeling? How are you feeling? What is this? It's like it's like sparkling water. Space, like a hint space of water. Not good. Wow. <laughs> is I, mean, it... I will definitely finish this, but wow, that's weird. Tastes weird. I don't know. You like this? <laughs> I mean, you like this shit? I thought higher of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, this, I'm just messing with you. This, it um, just tastes different than I thought. It's got like a strong aftertaste. You know, it's almost got that like um, <laughs> like club soda kind yes. of taste to it. But it doesn't usually. Like, I think that's the lemon. Oh, okay. I mean, thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate the drink. It just surprised me. I, I don't know that I drink, like, a lot of sparkling water club soda stuff. But no calories. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. No no calories, and it makes it makes you make a face every time. <sighs> you know, if you drank... It'll if, burn if, my if, taste buds eventually, and I'll just... If you drank <laughs> alcohol, you would, this would probably not taste so strange to you, because this is really? a little bit like tonic water is almost what it tastes like. Oh, really? Like. It's a little more taste... Like... Club soda is more flat tasting. This has actually got almost like a bitter yeah, aftertaste bitter. to it. Yeah, got it. I think that's. But I'm saying that's probably the reason why to me it just tastes like oh normal because I'm used to drinking you know shitty tasting alcohol <laughs> that you have to disguise with other other flavors. That's funny. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I had trouble with this coming up with these movies or these characters. So this is episode 117. Yeah, 117 movie schmovie. That's mm. what you're listening to. Yeah, I'm Steve. I'm John. I'm Ronald. And I feel bad about the name of this episode being All the Feels, but I, 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 I put that down just as like a quick, like, hey, that's be what we can call this. But I realized that I, that make does that make me sound like a 14-year-old girl or something to say All the Feels? Um, Yeah. No, no, yeah. I take it back. It doesn't. Because yeah. I, I feel like I've said it, and I don't want to yeah. feel that I'm a 14-year-old girl. Right, so yeah. I'm right, not going right. to... Not that there's anything wrong. 14-year-old girls are badasses. That. I'm just saying I don't I mean, want to sound like I'm jumping especially on... Especially the ones in 2014. Yeah. They're like really Yeah, cool. they really are. Yeah. They're really cool. Um, but yeah, so this episode, all the feels, basically we're going to be going through a list of some characters, excuse me, uh, characters from movies that we've really connected with, kind of related to, mm. uh, those times when you're watching a rove movie, the shoulders of, and you feel the, you feel the pain. Sometimes it's a surprise to you yeah. when you're watching a movie and you feel a character's pain. And other times you find yourself like actually having like tears of joy on behalf of a character. Mm. Other times I will find myself just getting involved in that character's emotions to the point where I'll hate other characters mm -hmm. because of what they've done to a given character. Ah. So I, I, yeah, I was just thinking it's funny when that happens to me. And so when I suggested it, I was just thinking one movie in particular made me think of it because I was surprised at how much I identify with this this one character. But it did get me to thinking about those times when. You almost surprise yourself with 
with a, a, the level to which you will identify with a with a mm. fictional character on screen. Did that did it ring a bell with you, Ronald, or did you have to did you have to struggle to come up with? No, I, I mean, that's, is, it, is is Mark Wahlberg going to be your? Uh, nah. No, there is one. There's a wild card in that it, moment when he realized that it was like nature in the happening <laughs> yeah. that was like making people die. Oh my God, I Lawn still Moore I, get, I got chills that, just right? now thinking yeah. of that. Stuff. Lawn Moore is running people over. <laughs> what the fuck was? Yeah, that was a weird movie. But I, yeah. I was going to ask you though, Steve. You're such a feeler with movies. What was? <laughs> what, what was? What do you think made it hard for you? Honestly, like just recalling what, because yeah. I think I think because I'm such a sap, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I react to a lot of movies and a lot of characters, and I was trying to think of like going over the list. I tried to think of who I am, who I view myself as as a man now, you know, or even you know when I saw some of these movies where I was at that point in my life, and relating to them on an emotional level for that reason. You know what I mean? Like a, a trait within myself that I feel I exhibit or that I I'm pretty I'm pretty. Uh, I embrace, you know what I mean? Like if there's a character that kind of I relate to, I feel like he's very similar to me or, you know, I can relate to him or her in that way. Uh, I try to kind of go through my memory and just like think of movies. Like when I first saw that, like think of movies like, oh man, I know, I know what he's feeling. Like, and, and it's movies that that's probably the reason why I watched that movie multiple times. Mm. That kind of stuff. Like I didn't, I tried to like filter out a lot of movies that I just like reacted to purely emotionally. Mm. Like if it was like really sad or a really exciting moment. You know, I really like, you know, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pulling a walker right now, but like, you know, I thought of a movie, like a lot of sports movies were coming to mind. I'm like mm. thinking of movies like Rudy and like, you just like, you, you know, you're rooting for the character and you feel for it. But I tried to like filter those out yeah. and just think of ones that truly I connected with because I could relate to, you know, like I went through something or I've experienced that or I, I, I struggle with that now, you know, and you know, it was, it was tough, but I. I think I got a couple. Ronald? First is <laughs> your face when you drank that drink. Blah. Yeah, I've got Diet Coke up there, Steve. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to power through. I'm going to have a hard time getting Steve to come back I'm over. I'm driving through this. Steve Yikes. does not like La Croix uh, sparkling water with oh, lemon God. flavor. Maybe another flavor. You're, you're yeah, struggling flavor. through it. Um, my first one was Donnie Darko. So a couple of things why it was interesting to me. The whole teenage angst thing, uh, the sadness and the sarcasm of this kid, kind of going through this I, I, this plane fan crashes through his his living uh, through his bedroom and kind of changes his world. I it it that movie represented a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff to me. When I was watching movies up until that point. I was 19 years old at the time. I'd, I'd been watching movies that were very um, simple. You know what I mean? Like, I, it was pretty simple. Like, I'd, I'd seen a bunch of really, really simple movies. And there was nothing wrong with it to me. I mean, and I, and I saw some ones that challenged things for me up until that point. Right. But then I, I, I met Donnie Darko, this kid that was going through all this stuff, this regular teenage stuff combined with this catastrophic event that was may have been real, may not have been real, and seeing him maneuver through it in this sci-fi sort of environment and seeing this bunny appear and time travel and all these things shook up my world in a way that I hadn't really seen. So I'd seen Donnie Darko and Pi right around the same time. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> and I could identify with Donnie Darko because I was a dick when I was a kid. For a bunch of reasons, like my world was changing around me, and and the 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 fan crashed through my 
house kind of figuratively and and kind of literally like it, it was a lot of stuff going on around me i lived in a terrible neighborhood i was trying to be myself in this environment and he is uncompromisingly himself and people react very strangely to him hearing him say some of the things that he says mm -hmm. and having his friends react to them and bullies and and this girl that kind of just attaches herself to him in the middle of him doing this is kind of how i felt when i was i was a kid yeah so i can relate to it even though it was in an environment where he you know what the fuck was he doing was he was he alive was he dead was all the things that he was doing in the name of following this bunny mm -hmm. what did it have to do with and i could relate because i did a bunch of dumb stuff but I thought it was such a cool movie. Yeah. And, I, and I could relate to him on so many levels. And the way that he was with his sister, I was with my sister. I, my sister and I did not get along when I was a kid. Right. And it was just it's a cool movie. And it changed, kind of, it started the whole curiosity about movies. Wow. G different movies, like movies, art house movies, and movies that weren't like beginning, middle, end. Yeah. So, well, Donnie Darko, my first. Well, we can change the order since I have my my, <laughs> my notes up now, Steve. There's no reason that yeah. that I should. I'm, I, you know, do you, do you have a good last one? Uh, maybe. I don't okay, know. good. Well, reorder your list for is, for is maximum your, is impact. Yours better than I don't know. I don't know. I don't know it which one. Is. Let yeah. me go. I'll go. Okay. I'll go. Are you sure? <laughs> yours is probably better. Yeah. I, I, I doubt it. But I, I, so, what, like I was saying before, I tried to like look at this, and I, I picked out characters just that that stood out to me. Um, like I said, different stages of my life. So as a child, as a teenager, as an adult. Mm. So the first one I'll start with is as a kid. Um, you guys all know I, I love Disney properties up and down. One of the first things I remember ever seeing that really kind of showed me what a friend, what friendship could mean was uh, basically any interaction between Winnie the Pooh and Christopher Robin. <laughs> so I know it's a lot of these choices are sappy, but I mean, I think back, like I said, mm. to moments, to pieces of my personality. And growing up, it was like really the benchmark of what friendship became to me. Unlikely situations. I mean, you know, it's a bear when the woods, whatever. But you know what I mean? Like how much each of them valued it. Right. And how much each of them valued their friendship uh, with the other people around them. It's really, it's really simple. Mm. But every time I watch something like that, it reminds me of how much I value how much I value and can relate to how much friendship means Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, in every aspect of your life, no matter how severe the relationship from family to the most casual acquaintance that you have, um, what it means on both sides of the story. And um, I just think how innocence or how it starts with innocence is what really kind of made me be able to relate to, to particularly probably Winnie the Pooh. Um, it sounds hilarious saying that. But just because of how excited he was about everything and about about befriending this young boy and um, looking forward to seeing your friends and you know that's that's something that I've always even as an adult now when I catch him on TV and like my friend who's getting married in the fall she like we got her invitations just recently and like it's a Christopher Robin Winnie the Pooh quote and it's wow. like and it's a quote that I recognize from the films and from you know the cartoons and and the books and it's just something that's really deep and I mean. It's, it's something I can watch and say is really important because not only was it like a benchmark for me, but you can watch it and always, or I can watch it and always re very simply and quickly relate to how excited the two of them were when they were with one another. And, yeah. every, and, and you know, through the different stages of my life, I've always had friends that I've been super close with 
And at every stage, when we've moved on, when times have changed, you still maintain that friendship because I feel like I really truly understood, you know, what what it could mean and what it should mean. And I think I honestly, it's weird, but I think it really did start like with those kinds of experiences watching those two characters in uh, in some of those early Disney films. So well, it's very touching the way that whole thing is always played out too, because it's always about like childhood and about like putting the toys away and the whole concept of Christopher Robin growing up or yeah. whatever. It's, there is like, there is something really fragile about that world yeah. because you know that the reason that there's this magic is because he's a child. He's and a child. so you know he's going to grow out of it someday. So yeah, that is very... I yeah, might, sorry, I might choke up. Right <laughs> behind you. Well, interesting that you would have a, a choice that is, has to do with kind of the value of friendship. When I was realizing when I was putting this together, so many of mine were based on like negative identifications. <laughs> but, like, ah, yeah, yeah. but this is a character who I wouldn't say that I overall uh, uh, related to this character as the movie was rolling along. But there was a point in the film Casino where where <laughs> oh, I found God. myself relating so much to uh, the Robert De Niro character, mm-hmm. Sam Rothstein, Ace. Um because I, I, it was around the time in my life when I had just gotten through a really rough patch with a with a relationship where I had been cheated on, and mm. they, I, you know, friends, friends that were former friends. I mean, people that weren't friends anymore. You know what I mean? It used to be great friends, not friends anymore. There was all this shit going around that was very like deep and heavy. And in the movie, there's a scene where Sam uh, finds out, um, or I guess they only call him Ace in the movie, pretty much. Ace finds out yeah. that his uh, his wife, Ginger, played by Sharon Stone, who's great in the movie, by the way, yeah. who's, he's known she's had problems and she's you know weird with the money and she's always kind of running her own little schemes. But it's when he finally finds out that she's been screwing his, you won't call him best friend, but his kind of his buddy, whatever, Nick, Nicky, played by yeah. Joe Pesci, yes. who you don't really trust, but he does go way back with Ace and you feel like there was a real bond there. And there's a moment where Ace knows that they've ruined everything. Hmm. They've just because like in the mob, he's likely to get like if 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 that happens in the mob, if your lady runs around with your friend and they're all connected, it's easier for this the mob in this situation to just kill all of you mm. and throw you in an unmarked grave in a cornfield somewhere, you know. <laughs> and so they've <clears throat> they've fucked it up. They fucked him. They fucked him over not just by cheating on him, but also by like making it so that now he has to protect himself or do something about it. And it's just I remember watching that movie and I felt like someone had punched me in the gut. Like Oof. I don't I don't I don't think yeah. that I had processed all these feelings and in fact when you go through something like that oftentimes your goal is to be as magnanimous as you can be and so you try to you know i mean you try to see how well no one's a real villain we were all kind of thrown free of the same train wreck let's all just move on with our lives kind of thing but when i saw that it's like it brought i mean i remember sitting in the theater with my friends it must have been within a few months after this had happened to me i'm not sure if i have the the dates completely straight on when that movie came out it was 1995 so yeah it would have been it would have been uh, six months or something from when, when that had happened to me. Mm. And so I guess I was just sitting in the theater and I was like, if, if you've ever had that happen where just something you've been through is being dramatized and you, you get this rush of emotion because yeah. you're like, oh gosh, I remember what, what it was like <laughs> to feel that way if, yeah. when he finds out and they don't know that he knows yet, you know, and he's kind of talk. It's like, that's the most sickening feeling. Right, right, right now my stomach is turning a little bit of a flop just thinking about that moment where you know you're going to have to do something and these people that were your allies mm. that you would have turned to because you're in trouble, now they're the reason you're in trouble. Yeah, It's like, 
you know, I don't, again, I don't consider myself to be the, like the hero of my own story in many ways. And there, that, that situation that I had been in, there were a lot of things that were done wrong on all sides, but still just that feeling of that trust, that trust being shattered and you saying like, okay, now my life is fucked because of something <laughs> that other people did. Oh, yeah. It, it was very, like, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a part of me that hasn't watched that movie in years because I know when I get to that part, I'm still going to feel that same oh, sickened yeah. feeling of, like, I was supposed to be counting on these people, and, I, and now I can't even really, like, love them without being a fool. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But you're not, ready to cut, you're not ready to cut someone off, you know, I don't know. I like so, that yeah. choice. So, yeah. That's good. a good choice. Um, Ace Rothstein. Um, mine is uh, Billy Madison. <laughs> so Billy Billy Madison rem, reminds me a lot of how I've handled a lot of my life, just very light and try, trying to like. It, it, Billy Madison clearly was irrationally silly about everything that he faced, having to go back and do school and all that stuff, and. I love that this is your answer. I I really have handled. I really have handled. There's no reason why I should be as successful as I have been, considering (laughs) how ridiculously silly I've handled a lot of things, like like that fight with Bob Barker. Yeah, just a very crazy, weird life that I've had, and and I try to handle it with a certain amount of. Or was that Happy Gilmore? Did I mix up Happy Gilmore? That happened in Happy Gilmore. No, I mixed up Adam Sandler movies I haven't seen again, so that's another... (laughs) Um, I'm the winner. (laughs) This was the movie where he gave that ridiculous answer, and the guy said that it was the stupidest answer he had ever heard in his life. Mm -hmm. And may God have mercy on his soul. (laughs) And I have had many moments like that where like, I'm just speaking from how I feel versus how I think I should sound. Mm-hmm. And that has been viewed as a very silly thing. And I've been very silly about a lot of things in my life. And I think that I can relate to Billy Madison. I think that he, the way that he handles his life seems stupid, but it is the freest thing in the world for somebody to be a kid forever. It's it, I'm, I'm, The more I think about it, the more I think that people need to have a little bit of silliness about things like i was talking to somebody really recently okay real random story a homeless guy came up to my car the other day and said he needed money um and he was like yeah man i'm really i'm really i really need some money i was like i don't have any money but i can get you like laid like yeah i can get you something if you want he was like well i want some food i'm fucking hungry i was like well i can take you to get food i have a credit card so we walked down the street, me and this homeless man just talking. I asked him if he wanted the pizza place that was beside my house closed. I offered him Thai food that was right across the street, and he said, Thai is too fucking spicy. I was like, You are the pickiest homeless man I've ever <laughs> met in my fucking life. And we just laughed. Mm-hmm. And it, that was like, it reminded me of how you could find funny in anything, mm-hmm. really, if you try. We wound up getting food and we laughed. It was a weird thing, but it reminded me of the idea that like I've taken funny out of things that were never always supposed to be funny. I laughed at a funeral for half an hour. You know what I mean? But Billy Madison, man, I fucking live my life like Billy Madison in a lot of ways. So nice. I don't know. No, you're a silly guy. 
I think I, like it's, I think, I think your silliness has opened doors for you, probably, in I, life. A little bit. I would, say, I would say that it has more than I've ever would have imagined. It's It's been like a thing where like people have been like, oh, Ronald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's pretty decent at this. And he's a nice guy. And he's kind of funny. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, you know, Billy Madison. Uh, the next one I have is um, this, this would be representing my relatability in my teenage years, high school years. Um, growing up, I'd always watched Lloyd Dobler and said that like I thought that that was like the ultimate guy that I could be, would be, should be, am. <laughs> but then I saw a film uh, going in or after my senior year, going into my senior year of high school called Can't Hardly Wait, and mm. the main character played by Ethan Embry uh, is Preston Myers. Um, <laughs> And the reason I I would I chose him over Lloyd is only because I feel like watching that movie when I did was pretty much where I was in my life the years of high school I just gone through, right. which is basically the guy who was pretty much friendly with everybody, didn't really have enemy, enemies like people knew who he was, but he was always just the guy that everybody was friends with. He was always the best friend. He was kind of always like the ducky character, you know, that never really got the girl. <laughs> but he was also the guy that was like totally romanticizing everything behind the scenes and never yeah. really had the guts to say something to the person that was always like right there and seeing that movie and uh you know like how close he was with his friend with laura ambrose character the friend that like always was kind of like rooting him on mm-hmm. you know but also sort of like trash talking the person that he liked uh and how he dealt with that by like kind of just joking it off and i mean i could totally just relate to that going through high school and being in similar situations like that being at the party where you were like, this is my, this is it, like this, is or, or, you know, it wouldn't, if it wasn't a party, it was like a bowling thing, or it was like a big like football game, like this is gonna happen right now. I got the letter right here. I'm yeah. fucking doing this right now, and it wouldn't happen. Mm. You know, like it would always ramp up, but then you know, seeing him actually go for it at the end, I don't know that I ever had that moment, but uh, seeing him handle it, and you know, and every time everybody would ask like. Do, do you know, like, I, I, if you've seen the movie, like, the whole thing is, like, he's trying to find her at this party. Mm-hmm. And, like, and she re- she realizes who he is and looking for him because she accidentally gets a hold of the letter. She's asking everybody who he is and everybody's got, like, nice things to say, you know. But no one really is, like, that close to him where they'd be like, yeah, he's over there. Yeah. You know, I kind of felt like I could relate to that because I had uh. my core group of people that I was, like, was close with. But I was friends with everybody, but I was never, like, that guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Preston Myers was pretty much that guy. He had his <laughs> moment to be that guy. Then I can't hardly wait. And, you know, I guess I kind of live vicariously through him. <laughs> you're, you're reminding me of that of that age, though, when you're like, yeah. you're just, you're on the make, you know? I mean, yeah. you're, you're scheming. You're, the yeah. whole, like you said, everything you're doing, you're thinking like, this could be the night. This yeah. is, this is the... <laughs> This is going to be my pattern. This is going to be, you know, like hope springs eternal. Things don't even have to work out. Yeah. But, but you're every time. right. Yeah. The hope was like the fire like that just burned you know what i mean yeah. but it was like watching that movie and seeing him like i just fucking love that movie so much like he's talking to the camera at the beginning and everything and he's just like there's no there's the walls down and i was like dude i know what you're saying you know yeah. like i i fucking i've been there yeah. and uh yeah it was yeah that's a, i've yeah that's one of my favorite movies and that character he's a mashup of characters like ducky like lloyd dobler but it was like, you know, the late 90s version of it amongst all those high school, you know, com- rom-coms that were coming out at that time. Um, and that one always rose to the top for me, and especially, uh, especially that character, uh, Preston Myers. Yeah, Preston the Duckies, the, uh, the, the Lloyds, the, the Xanders. The Xanders, the, yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. I'm glad you hit one of those because that was definitely one where I was like, you know, it's hard not to think of teen movies yeah. as like when you're relating, like when you're maybe at your most likely to relate to something that's on the screen is when you're a kid or a teenager. Sure. And when you see those teen movies, they really do seem like, oh, someone's making these movies for me. Like someone's, someone is like, this is not for grownups. This is for me. You know, this yeah. is our story. It is funny how those characters really kind of hit you where you live yeah but uh but i didn't i, I don't know i found myself once again gravitating towards like a less savory part of my personality <laughs> yeah. uh, by realizing that one of the characters who and it's a very hard character to kind of get inside the head of but i do think if you've ever been working on a creative project and you've kind of been dealing with your your own concept of like how good you should be and where you should be with your art or with your work versus where you are um, if you've been there at all, you identify on some level with Barton Fink, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, not a nice guy, a very very pretentious guy, very self-serious guy. Like there's the scene where he goes down to the, to the I guess it's like a USO dance, and he, he's like getting into an altercation with the sailor, and he, and he points to his head and says, this is my uniform, <laughs> you know, and, and, he's, and he meets uh, Charlie, played by John Goodman, who turns out later has a secret or, you know, is driving the story in ways we didn't quite understand. But when he first meets him, he thinks the guy is, I think it's like an insurance salesman. Right. And he t talks down to him and he kind of talks about what he's doing. And it's like, it's that whole thing of like being the, the creative person who doesn't quite know how to manage being around people. And I, I found myself watching that movie. I mean, I think you're supposed to be drawn into that character, but I found myself watching that character and thinking like, you know, like feeling for him in a way that I don't even know if the movie wants you to. Like, I think you're supposed to kind of want to see him suffer for being such a pretentious asshole in some ways. But on the other hand, you do see that he's he is serious about his art. And when he goes to Hollywood to write movies and he finds out he's going to be writing a wrestling picture, he thinks he's so above it. Mm. But the truth is, he doesn't even really seem to be capable of doing it, you know? Yeah. And you also see how he kind of, by dragging his feet and kind of not getting with the program, he kind of loses the, the, the people at the studio that have confidence in his ability to do anything. And so he seems like now he's like the New York intellectual who wrote this great play, but can't translate into writing for the movies. Mm. I don't know. To me, that just, that brings up a lot of my little little inner fears about you know being ready for prime time and you have your own little things that you like to work on and like you were talking uh the last time we got together steve about your band and how you you don't have a sense of like the acclaim that that you know you don't feel like you ever had the accolades rolling in but you know you were working within a certain sphere yeah. of people that were doing this professionally and you know that there's i guess what i'm saying is to realize that there's a point in which way you could be found lacking this thing that you're trying just because you want to do it just because you take yourself seriously doesn't mean that even when you get a shot that you're going to make it work for yourself yeah. and seeing the way he squanders the sort of seeming shot that he's got but also just the what he goes through with his writer's block with the mosquito buzzing around the room and hearing yeah. the, the the wallpaper peeling off and how he kind of makes every wrong decision in the course of that movie. I, I yeah, I something about that frantic, sweaty flavor that uh, John Turturro brought to that character. I found myself years later, like in Quiz Show and other films, trying to find as much of a way in mm. to John Turturro's performances. And as it turns out, he played like much more like overtly annoying and abrasive and unlikable character. I mean, in general, I would say his career is is characters you're not supposed to think are that great, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but I think when I, when I saw Barton Fink, it was, you know, I was in the middle of college and I was developing those serious, not too self-serious, but starting to develop those serious opinions about like what kind of work I might do and how, how my creative side might develop. And seeing that character, it really kind of was instructional to me. It basically said, don't get so caught up in your own 
in your own life of the mind, your own uniform, you know, that you, uh, that you, that you don't realize you're talking down to people and that you don't realize you're saying things, you're, you're acting like you, you're talking about yourself instead of finding out about the other person that mm. you're talking to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of a cautionary example, but I still, to this day, when I see that movie, there's a part of me that knows, that knows where he's coming from, even in all of his, uh, his wrongheadedness. So yeah, Barton Fink. Barton Fink. So that's a picture of me that's developing. Ah. We've got a gangster. <laughs> I like that. And a failed writer. It's all over the place. Yeah. My, my last one, fuck, I hate, fuck, I hate, like, how heavy stuff gets sometimes when I think about it, but Malcolm X. Malcolm X, uh, the, the Spike Lee movie is one of my favorite movies of all time for a couple reasons. Um, the fact that it, it is as beautiful as it is about a person that was uh have felt a certain way about about people mm-hmm. white people anybody that wasn't black for a very long time was a gangster was a terrible person at one time went to jail changed his life was a, very hateful for a very long time and was kind of deceived by the group of people that kind of pushed him to a position of power and when he started to express uh, a lack of mutual feelings about people that weren't black just was like oh maybe maybe we can love people <laughs> that all were diverse i mean you know be that being more diverse mm-hmm. when he went to mecca and saw people that were all sorts of shades and he had love and he came back and he was killed eventually heavy movie but i think that i love stories about people that have kind of change their lives and and feeling like i had a couple lives in one life and every all of us have had these kind of versions of ourselves that we look back and like who the fuck was i at this point mm-hmm. um and this is a one of those characters i love i'm obsessed with malcolm x in a lot of ways and and of martin luther king or malcolm x i think i'll i can honestly say that i feel like i'm more malcolm x in the way that like there's a militance about the way that I feel about certain things. And I'm more like him when he came back and he felt more like there's a lot of love in the world. There's a lot of good people and they aren't all black. There's some people that are white. There's some Hispanic people. There's there there's a lot of love in the world. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to that in a lot of ways. And I didn't feel like that all the time. And I think that one of the points that I changed was when I went to an art school where the first day that I came to the school, I saw two dudes kissing. And my mom, I was like, Ma, there's two dudes kissing. How am I going to deal with this? My mom was like, this is the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. Seeing this diversity and everybody needs that. Everybody mm-hmm. needs to know that the world just isn't one shape or one type of person. And Malcolm X was one of those movies for me, man. I saw it. I was like, God damn it. Like, there are some beautiful people out here. That, that really try to get up every day mm-hmm. and change the world. And regardless of how you feel about them, you know, their politics, it's a little, it's a brave thing to see somebody get up and like, I want to change someone's opinion about a given thing. I fucking love people like that. I love to see characters like that, even if they're villains. People that get up and like, I want to affect people. And I like, I, I, I like, I like that sort of thing, so. Malcolm X, man. So both the real guy and the fictional, and the fictional the Denzel Washington version. <laughs> yeah, all a very, very relatable. 
And and I, you, funny enough, um, my roommate Josh one time was watching me. He was watching the movie with me one time. He'd never seen it before. He's like, this is a fucking crazy story. I was like, man, I wish more people knew about this dude. Because they always hear like the, the hateful stuff. God, he was an amazing person. Well, I do think that the story in the movie definitely pushes that that point home that like that the, the just the the tragic dimension to mm. to the fact that he was waking up to a more inclusive yeah. worldview right before he was murdered. It's yeah. yeah. It's so cool, man. It's very yeah, but I mean it's, it's a story. It's it's like I don't know how factual that was in terms yeah, of the yeah. order of things but in the movie it definitely makes you feel like oh what a shame he was yeah. he was opening his mind like he was like you yeah. said he was he was changing his feelings based on new information yeah. and which you know kind of goes against the image people have of him of this you know yeah, right militant person that. right that's, that he was sucks, actually man. yeah but it's a cool story because you you know you're like what if like mm-hmm. i think that's always the the thing like but what it does is you see pieces of a person that could have been and then you're like man maybe maybe i should try to be a pretty understanding person and that's pretty cool that movies can do that even if it's you know about somebody that's that was real right so that's one of my favorite characters uh my last one is like the simplest of every character i've ever probably seen in my life mm. and it's the one that really kind of re uh reminded me that sometimes uh it's it's kind of sort of what you were saying about the humor with billy madison mm-hmm. But it's a character that kind of reminded me how simple life can be. And uh, sometimes it doesn't need to be complicated, even if there is complication around you, um, that you can kind of just go with it sometimes. And, and sometimes life will, will find a way to work itself out. And that that's Forrest Gump. Ah. Um, I know, I mean, everybody's seen Forrest Gump. Everybody either hates it or, or loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am on the ladder of that scale. The, the love of this movie. I watch it all the time. It comes on TV. I love the movie. But something about Tom Hanks' role, um, his, his performance as Forrest Gump, uh, of all the crazy shit that they place it around historically and even just personally, you know, with family, with friends, and as exaggerated as it all is, mm-hmm. the, the, the through line for me is just that character. Yeah. How simple life can be. Um, he's a simple man, as every viewers seeing the film knows from you know you're reminded of it repeatedly but you know the, the simplicity uh, of how he approaches life and the emotions that he experienced how he ex- how he experienced them um like when he first runs again or when he first experienced something with jenny or yeah. the excitement of the boat or with his mother the gamut of emotions watching them experience through such a simple person just like blows up the emotion for me yeah. you know seeing what it looks like to experience that from somebody not jaded or not worn out by something was amazing uh the first time i watched it and i am always reminded of it when i watched that movie um and not only that but how somebody who can remind others at times how simple and and, and enjoyable things can be yeah. in life Every character he crosses in that film has some sort of complication in their life. And as we all do, um, even he had plenty. Um, sometimes it works out if you just kind of like step back and let it happen or, you know, kind of roll with it and, yeah. and not make it even more complicated. Sometimes it doesn't. I know it's a fucking movie, but yeah. I mean, it, it's reassuring and it's refreshing to watch that movie sometimes and to see him experience some of those firsts. To see the dedication, you know, somebody can have, even somebody that's deemed simple, 
um, both in intellect, but also just in the way he looks at the world. Um, it's well, very. It's really a movie that tries to encompass everything. You know, it like, really does. Love it or hate it. Yeah. It, 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 I remember when I first saw it, thinking like. I had a little bit of everything, a little yeah. bit of war, a little bit of love, a little bit of parenthood, a little bit of, you know, everything else. And it was very, it, you're right that, I mean, A, I think I th- a lot of that has to do with Tom Hanks. I think oh, he's totally. a guy who we put which ourselves is, in his absolutely. shoes, which yeah. is why last year uh, I was so blown away by Captain Phillips sure. is because of that. There's a couple of moments where you're, you know, the Tom Hanksness of Tom Hanks just overcomes you and you get brought into his emotional state that he's feeling. And I think in Forrest Gump that happens several times. Um, where you just, yeah, you 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 get that little tug inside, and you go, oh yeah, I'm feeling what that character is feeling, or I'm thinking, or or, or this, this, they're they're dramatizing something that I've I've thought about going through, or I've thought about, you know, how would you handle that? The death of a friend, the death of a you know a parent, that you know. And, and, and that experience in its simplest form is what you watch Farce Gump go through, right? Yeah, which. In in the you know and which you're right it's, magnifies the, yeah, the emotions it, completely. It, it just it just ramps up how it can be experienced and whether it's good or bad, you kind of are primed for how good it can be mm-hmm. and how bad it can get. And I feel like when I first watched Forrest Gump and even when I watched it again, I still relate to that. And I still, you know, just like you were saying, the humor piece. I try to like you know try to live my life in a similar way in mm-hmm. terms of I don't want to make it complicated. You know, I want to try to like focus on things that matter yeah. and enjoy things that do. And, you know, I feel like that's something I definitely can relate to whenever I see that character Farce. I mean, it's an iconic character. Yeah. M- you know, much like, you know, uh, Malcolm X, like it, versus real life, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, people can say that, you know, they watch a character and can and relate in manners like that because we all go through, like you just said, we go, we everybody has gone through at least something in that film because mm-hmm. yeah. they really do try to catch it all. And I think that, that 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 point right there is why it's one of the more relatable characters I've ever been able to you know to, to see on the screen, much much to you know to the accomplishment of, of well, I mean, Mr. Tom Hanks. It's it's such a cinematic creation. I don't think that I've heard so many people that want to talk about Forrest Gump in light of the sort of romanticizing of someone who's like mentally disabled sure, or whatever. Sure. But I almost feel like doesn't he exist? I mean, for lack of a better term, there's a there's the concept like he's kind of like the holy fool. He's like the noble savage. He's like sure. the he's like that like you said, a pure, simple character who, who, you can you can kind of funnel yourself into that character. Like there's there's not that there's not so much going on with him that you can't relate to it. Like I think if maybe this is kind of what you've been saying, but if it were if he were a more complex or conflicted or interesting character, you wouldn't be able to sort of lay him over all of these different oh, events and get totally. like this same experience. It's like yeah. the fact that he's kind of a blank slate in a lot of ways means that yeah, you can you can sort of find yourself in there or you can you can inject yourself into that. So, yeah. Yeah, Farce Gump. Yeah, Good movie. What, talk about you know it's another movie though that has such a huge backlash associated with it. Like I don't know. I mean, I I, I know I know do, people. Do you guys that, do, do you guys like that film? Or? I, I, I love, love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, but I mean, I know people that whose opinion I really trust and who I film, I find myself out on a limb with sometimes uh-huh. who like hate that film <laughs> and, really? and are tired of hearing people talk about like they have that kind right. of anger. You know when you get anger built up over something oh, yeah. that everybody sure, it's, sure. you know like I sort of I don't hate the Titanic but I have a little bit of that anger built up at Titanic. Sure. It's just not my movie. Okay. And so I understand how someone feels when when everybody's loving on something and you feel like you got to raise your hand and say no. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, Forrest Gump it just seems like it's trying to do so much. It's like it's got comedy. I remember 
remember when I saw it the first time, I was like, okay, it makes you laugh, makes you cry, it makes you, you know, it's like it hits all the notes. So yeah. it's like maybe it does try to cram a little too much in, but okay. I think that's, I don't know, I don't think that's a, you know, when you're trying to do with someone's life, how, is it three hours long or is it shorter than that? I think it's shorter than three. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be like two, it has two, to be at least 220. Two. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. I mean, it's a great movie. Definitely in my top top 20 yeah i'd say yeah that's a great fucking movie man yeah emotions whenever i think about that movie i think about everything that he dealt with Mm -hmm. and i i think that there's something about what if you were confronted by things that you didn't understand and you just took them at face value yeah you just took it you know going into a war or or being you know or facing racism or politics you know like just seeing things like that and just being like Oh, it, it's just what I see. It's not yeah. like some preconceived notion that I've been, you know, ingrained, even coming from where it came from. I just think that that whole approach and kind of what you were saying, John, it's like if you don't, if you make him too much of one kind of guy, you know, where he's like, you know, more interesting or whatever it might be, you know, he, he'd go into those situations with a reaction right. that was based on something else instead of just like what he's actually looking at, yeah. you know, which is, I think. I think basically, like, why don't we live more like that? You know, like, why don't I just accept people for who they are? Which I think is exactly, it's so simple, but people overlook that all the time. A part of me feels like that's the way that we we process things as opposed to that. Mm -hmm. feels like weakness a little bit. Like, it's a, like, I've always thought that. I've always thought that, like, people that I've met that are a little simpler about things are a lot stronger than I am in a lot of ways. It sounds weird. No, I know what you mean, though, <laughs> because it's just what I was saying about Forrest Gump. You don't want to romanticize having a lower IQ and thinking yeah. less about things. But there is something to be said for just okay. The situation came up and dealing with it. Yeah, yeah, with some kind of integrity and some kind of like sense of what's going on at this moment, but not this sense yeah. of well, now I'm disappointed because things didn't go the way I wanted them to, or well, now I don't know how my plans are going to work out. It's like you're just dealing with yeah information as it comes. <laughs> This is a really bad example of this, but that was this kid when I was growing up. <laughs> but people, go ahead and make it anyway. People considered him like a <laughs> slow kid. We used to play uh, Mike Tyson Punch-Out, and I fucking never figured out how to beat people. And he'd be like, just punch him in the stomach. Move out of the way. When he comes down, <laughs> the thing's going to light up. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm missing something. And I think what it is he is... He was like, here, hold my box of chocolates. It, it's like Let that me play thing. this game. <laughs> It's like that thing when Bruce Lee is pointing at the sky and the kids like looking at his hands, like slapping him in the head. Mm-hmm. Like you need to look at the sky because you're missing all the heavenly glory or whatever. Yeah. It really is that we've trained. I'll ourselves. pretend I know what you're talking about with that Bruce Lee. You thing know what I'm talking about? No, like I don't. Okay, so there's this scene where this kid is like he's like looking to the sky and he's like this kid is looking at his finger and he slaps the kid mm-hmm. like three times. You're not paying attention. To, to the beauty that is us around all of this, and, and you're paying attention to the stupid details. This kid could cut through the bullshit and see how to beat these characters. Mm-hmm. And I never, of all, I've never been able to do that, to cut through the shit. And yeah, I think like, it's something beautiful about it. Yeah, we definitely overcomplicate things. Man, yeah. people like that are way smarter than us. It's mm-hmm. not like, it seems like it's like the other way around. But, well, I think there are moments when maybe it's better to be able to th- oh, overthink super, it, but, yeah. but but there are so many moments, more often than not, it would be great if you could just accept things at face value. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. You know, wait, wait until you get home, you know, bitch to bitch to someone special in your life, but don't let it, don't let it like mess you up in the moment, you yeah. know, like. Yeah, 
that's, that's something beautiful about that. So I get I get the Forrest Gump reference. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I can totally relate. Well, Forrest Gump is a guy who who showed us how to take the good and the bad. <laughs> my my uh, top choice is uh, this this poor guy. <laughs> okay. Just saw a lot of bad. I don't think that I don't think that it was really nice for anyone though on Skull Island where he lived. <laughs> okay. But I will say <laughs> that uh, King fucking Kong. I could go to either version, the 1933 uh-huh. version or the 2005 right, version. Right. But it was when watching the 2005 Peter Jackson King Kong with Henry that mm. I thought of this topic. Because that ape gets me every time. He's got no options. He's got no good options. <laughs> What's he going to do? He's either going to stay on this island and be, uh, be fed sacrifices. It does seem like he's eating people. So it's like he's not like, you know, he's not... Uh, He's not like a house pet. He's not a cuddly gorilla. <laughs> yeah. But he's stuck on this island. They feed him these sacrifices. Then the other thing he could do, like then he meets this special blonde lady that, that he really likes. That And we get to see through her that he's got this wounded pride and the way that, the, like just the way that the relationship between Naomi Watts and the and the CGI gorilla uh, played by Andy Serkis, mm-hmm. who at this point with Caesar and Gollum and King Kong under his belt, we have to agree that there is something to this mocap shit that he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is something he's able to imbue these characters with. And I can even sort of recognize certain little ticks and things that Andy Serkis does that I'm like now like, oh yeah, that that's totally an Andy Serkis thing. But what he imbues that gorilla with in that film is just this sense of like, he's old, he's tired, he's been through it. He's 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 kind of over it, but at the same, he's still got to keep fighting. I mean, he sort of wants to just go stare off at the sunset, but there's like three T Rexes at any given moment that he might have to fight with, and then there's weird bats that attack him while he's asleep, and then there's the natives who it's like even though they seem to kind of worship him, they fear him. It's not like anybody really wants to let Kong like no one wants to let Kong in, and then he meets someone who does seem to kind of there's a back and forth, and he learns to appreciate her, but then she's the reason that he gets. He gets caught. There's and then what? He's what would be better to be left on that island or taken to New York where you die? There, it's like it, there's it's there's nothing but a tragic outcome yeah. for King Kong. And I, you know, I'm not saying I think of myself in those kind of self pitying terms, but when watching that film, I get totally caught up in what's going through his mind in the moment that it's going uh, yeah, through it. Yeah. It's really good, like visual storytelling too. That you see him, you see him kind of find certain things funny and other things make him mad, and you see how his how his pride works, and you see the moment when. Even when Naomi Watts, like uh, as Andero, like sides with him, like realizes her best bet to survive this this island is to stick with the the big gorilla who kind of is sweet on you, you know, it that's all so tender and so fragile. And then what happens? Like the story is just designed to show you this connection form between these two people, and then just tear it apart in the most brutal way mm. possible. So I, you know, to this, I, I briefly thought about putting Caesar on the list in place of this. And also after last week, I briefly thought about putting Rocket Raccoon on this list. Uh, but I still think that there's something about the monumental, I mean, the literally larger than life story. The, the You know, mm. it's poignant in the first one. And even in the one in, the 19, in 1933, you get that story. But what Peter Jackson did by bloating that story out, as is his fashion, it shouldn't have taken him an hour to get to Skull Island, though. Like, you know, I like that movie, but it's way too long before they get to the island. Yeah. But like what he did by drawing all of that out was maybe there's a certain amount of overkill and maybe you see, you know, maybe he fights three T-Rexes when he could just fight one. But what I got from that was just how tired and scarred and beaten up this character was and how there was no rest for Kong. And we mm. all know what's coming. <laughs> you know, the, you, you yeah. don't sit down to King Kong not knowing how it ends. Um, so, yeah, 
my heart goes out to you, you big, you big galoot. King Kong. That's a good one. That's yeah, a, that's good a good choice. One. Yeah. So did you did you guys have any also rants? I was gonna say Peter Banning from Hook, just because I have a Peter Pan syndrome. <laughs> oh yeah. And now that I'm an adult, and, and that that focus of that film, really kind of seeing it after he becomes an adult, and it kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. I, I I think about that all the time. You know, like I kind of don't want to grow up. That you're edging towards the age of all these characters who still seem like they're older than you, but if you look at the movies now, you're like, oh yeah. wait a minute, fuck you, John. These guys. Well, no. <laughs> hey, fuck you. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. here. Yeah, I, I go first, Indy. I go first. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's, it's totally that. It's just like you know, you know, you kind of, and then when he goes back, kind of like dipping his feet in that, in that feeling, and it's and starting to remember how fun, you know, mm-hmm. youth yeah. is. <laughs> it's kind of depressing. It's a crazy. That's a crazy movie. I I really liked it. I mean, a lot of people don't like that movie, but I I fucking loved it. Yeah, I I love Hook. I mean, yeah, it definitely it's has a great its haters. Movie to me. It, I think if it had come out today it would be much more successful than it was when it came out then yeah but um i haven't seen it in I what, seen it 20 years before, whenever it came out yeah a long um time ago i i found that a lot of the characters that i would relate to just like we were saying teen movies were rich with those types of characters i yeah. found that a lot of horror movie characters were characters that i relate to because i think that's what horror movies do frequently is they put you in the mind of a particular character mm-hmm. so that you can be just as surprised as they are by yeah. where the killer pops up and stuff and i was mm-hmm. trying to think though which horror movie characters do i find like relatable in that sense of you feel like that could be you and i realized ellen ripley in alien is a character whose thought processes you feel you feel like she's not a fighter she's not a tough guy she's not you know what i mean in the situation she's in she was she was just kind of part of this crew so i feel like in watching that movie the nervousness i feel has a lot to do with knowing that she's not some some super genius she's just someone who's there to do a job and now has to deal with all this shit you know so i would say that uh ripley and i was going to say ducky but since we've already kind of talked about ducky but that was a character that i if i you know we've just it's we've been over the teen films on this podcast i would i don't want to repeat too much but that character really hit home with me and now that I look back on it and I realize he's like the ultimate sort of friend zone character yeah I wonder why that character uh, lingered with me so <laughs> but um but you know down to wanting to dress like him and stuff like that was one of the few times that I thought okay I'm gonna go a- approximate this character in 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 real life and when I you know watching the movie now it's like he's a he's maybe a lovable character but it's not like in the movie things are working out for him so I'm not sure what it was I thought I was gonna gain you know by by wearing like the my grandfather's old hats and and jackets rolled up and, you know, yeah. bolo ties and everything. But so That's any, a good one. Any other also rants, Ronald? Um, this is super rant. The, the lead in Let the Right One In. Okay. Is it oh, yeah. Let the Right One In? The kid okay. or the, the kid? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the, the kid pretty much has the same relationship that I pretty much have with a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Like... These amazing kind of presents, and they, they come, come in, in and they save you from the bullets. They come in and <laughs> and they imply that there's something about them that makes us very different, and they make an impact, and then they just kind of leave. And it, I mean, it sounds fucking super sad, but like <laughs> Ronald, I didn't know it was this bad. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like it, I like I like strong women, and yeah. and something that there, there's something that comes with that. It, it's like the same strength that you love is the same strength that makes them say, "I can get out of this situation at any point," 
But it's, it's, the, it's the old Groucho line about not wanting to be a member of any club that would have you as a member. You know, so yeah. it's like you don't want any woman that might that might want to be with you. You you probably begin to think yeah. like, what's her problem? Why? <laughs> yeah. Also, also women that that look a lot younger than they are. Mm-hmm. It's something. It's so weird. It's it's such a weird. I was I've watched that movie several times and been like, man, I can relate to this kid. Cause he, he I like, love that that's your takeaway from Let the Right One In. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. It's She's like, a lot older than she looks, trust me. Yeah. It's, She's that, a couple hundred years old, maybe. That that whole thing, like making an impact, being there, and just kind of like, whoop. yeah, I can relate. Also, snarling and brutalizing other people around me. So horror movies, teen movies, and I do think kid movies. Any movie with like a kid protagonist, it's yeah. easy to think that when you're watching that movie, you're kind of you're kind of plugging yourself into that yeah. story that way. Steve, you have any anything else? No, all right, just the Peter we're movie. all felt out on this episode. Yeah, guys. a lot of feelings. So, what did we learn about you, Ronald, through your choices? You've got you've got Donnie Darko, you've got Billy Madison, mm-hmm. and Malcolm X. All characters where the title of the film is the same as the character. There you go. Holy cheat. I think I call that the hat oh, trick. Holy cheat. Holy cheat. Wait a minute. I've got King Kong, Barton Fink. Not Casino. Not... <laughs> his name wasn't Casino? I think it was. I'm pretty sure Robert did. I'm pretty sure his character's name was I'm pretty casino, sure that at some point I'm somebody sure went was. up to him and was like, hey, Casino. <laughs> I mean, Ace. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what do your movies say about you, Steve? We got Forrest Gump. I'm not no comment there. I'm a simple savvy man. That's all I needed. <laughs> mm-hmm, there it is. Mm-hmm. They all have shorts. Hold on. Forrest Gump, Christopher Robin shorts, and what was the other one? Preston. Oh, oh no shorts. shorts. Fuck. But he was kind of short. No, maybe not. He was actually kind of. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I have no concept of Ethan Embry. <laughs> Except uh, he was good in uh, Dirty. What was that called? Uh, dirt. Dirt Cheap. What was that movie called? Cheap Thrills. <laughs> dirty Work. Dirt Cheap. Dirty cheap. Work. Cheap Thrills. Dirt it. Cheap. Cheap Dirt. Dirt yeah. Cheaps. Uh, 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 things that Walk rhyme. It, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was good. Mm-hmm, 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 uh, that's it for this one. Yeah, yeah. You're right about that, Steve. I'm right about that. When you're right, you're right. That's all I can be. And you? You're always right. You're right. Um, so, iTunes? Uh, you know. The usual. Yeesh iTunes, SoundCloud, MixCloud. Um, if you go to iTunes, please rate it, review yeah, it. Yeah, Tune Tune Mix, pussy. Cloud, Cloud. Yeah, Tune Cloud, Mix, Sound. <laughs> iCloud. Uh, hit us up at movieshmovie at gmail.com. That's uh, you know our, our Gmail address. <laughs> and if you have any suggestions or want to tell us um, who... Steve, I'm just going to let you know, you need to delete some of the emails in that box before it gets so full. Yeah. yeah. I am running out of space. Yeah. I'm, I'm running out of the 25 gigs that <laughs> Gmail gives us. If, if, it seems, too many emails if it seems like your Google searches are taking too long, folks, it's because what we've done on the Gmail servers is should not be done. Mm-hmm. Stop yeah. sending so many emails. They're actually, no. yeah, so please, please, somebody send one email. <laughs> Please. <laughs> just one a quarter makes they're us... gonna deactivate our account if there's no activity within yeah, the next just week. one a quarter makes us feel like we're putting on a show right <laughs> is that not what we do alright uh yeah thanks for listening guys and uh you know it you made our day <laughs> take it easy it was obvious <laughs> somewhere I gotta go you don't know how it feels you don't know how it feels no you